0: So, December hits Christmas, and I was homesick. I'm ready to go back to Spokane, right? And so, I go back, and um, I go over to her house for Christmas, and there's one present under the tree, right? And, you know, I'm excited. I'm 17, but I don't really expect gifts anymore, because I hadn't really been getting them. But there was one gift under there, so I open it, and it's a pair of clippers. I'm like, what the heck is this? You know, I've I've never... like I've never said I wanted to cut hair you know none of that right so I was ticked off I wanted like why could you just give me ten dollars or something that I can go buy something that I liked and um so I was 17 at that time my mom died at 19. Realtors,
1: home buyers, it's Andrew Augustiniak with the Augustiniak Lending Team at Neighborhood Loans. And I want to talk to you about our incredible $20,000 closing guarantee. Have you lost out on deals due to cash buyers? Well, guess what? Neighborhood Loans is putting their money where their mouth is. We guarantee we will close your deal on time or issue a $20,000 check to the seller. You heard me right, a $20,000 guaranteed paid to the seller if we don't close your deal on time. If you wanna stop losing deals to cash buyers, call me at 480-735-4095 or email me, andrew at neighborhoodloans.com and let's have a conversation about your future. What does success look like? Is it too late for me to be successful? How do I get where I wanna go? If you find yourself asking any of these questions, you're not alone. Hi, my name is Andrew Augustiniak. I'm Scott Ward, and I'm Josh Wallace, and we have questions too, or a question. This is the Fueled by Why podcast. If you're a returning listener, thank you and welcome back. If you're new to the show, this podcast seeks to uncover the secret to success by asking not what or how, but why. We invite you to join us as we explore the part each of us plays in our own success. Each week, we speak with someone new and get the real story behind their success by digging a little deeper to learn why they do what they do. From CEOs to homemakers, each has a unique
2: story to tell and offers valuable insights, advice, and strategies along the way. It
1: all starts with why. Thank you again for being here and enjoy the show. Hello world and welcome back to the Fueled by Why podcast where we interview authentic people with courageous stories. We are here with Josh Wallace for season four. Scott is not in the studio today. He had a little bit of a stomach bug, but we are, it's been what, four months?
2: (sighs) Yeah. Four Four
1: months. months. We've been prepping for season four, figuring out what guests we're going to bring on the show, making sure our sponsors are ready to go lining it all up it is season four it's finally here how do you feel
2: i'm excited literally have chills it's been so long so just really excited to be back in the studio with you uh really excited for the guests that we have coming up this season yeah
1: it's gonna be a good time farai producer for farai is back in the studio how are you feeling Farai? hey yo hey yo feeling good we he'd turn off the music when we were getting all pumped up. It was some good stuff. Once it's, Andrew
2: started fist pumping, this <laughs> time I knew it was time.
1: <laughs> it's been I mean it's been a whirlwind of four months. Josh, you've been traveling mm-hmm. probably more than the average person. You've had multiple weddings, uh, too many kids stuff. I've moved. It has been crazy. Scott's been going back. You Fra- moved companies. No, I, I was already here. Yeah. No, I was already here. Okay. I know Farai's been slammed. He's been hiring people. It sounds like it's it is. We've all been going full chaos mode, and now we're back in the studio to hear more inspirational stories. Yeah, really excited
2: for the guests we have. But starting off with today's guest, Dre Brown.
1: Dre Brown. So, so you know Dre, mm-hmm. and you've been wanting to get him on the podcast for years now. A long time now. Um, but like give us give the, the the listeners and viewers for that matter, but give the listeners like a little backstory on who Dre is and, and why we we made him guest number one on season four.
2: Well Dre is uh my cousin so I'm thankful to have him in my family but he is also the top barber in Scottsdale. Um barber to the stars. Um and so we had to kick it off right with the season premiere today and we're excited for our conversation with Dre. Um, he's not just a local sensation, but also he's gotten a lot of national success stories. Um, he's the owner of Mug and Maine in Scottsdale. Um, it's a barbershop, and he's soon to be opening up a new one in Mesa as well, which we learned during the pod. Um, <clears throat> he's garnered national attention for pulling in um, talent like DK Metcalf of the Seahawks, LaShawn McCoy, J.J. Berria, Bow Wow, um, who all who've blessed, you know, Dre's chair and got their cut. And so today we're doing a deep dive into the why behind Dre's journey. um, You know, his driving force for his success uh, from his roots in Spokane, Washington, um, you know, to where he is now. So we're very excited to share the story that we got to hear firsthand with Dre, which was quite deep.
1: Yeah, it got... That was... It, it was one of the deepest episodes from whether you look for inspiration in your family life, in your business life, as a leader, mm-hmm. everybody will pull something from this interview with Dre because Dre truly comes from nothing mm-hmm. um, to owning a barbershop. And, and, you know, a lot of barbers will just end up renting a chair out of a barbershop. But Dre took that leap, sold pawn some of his jewelry to pay to get the barbershop Mm -hmm. started like a true risk taker who loves what he does and is very open about mistakes and and messing up nba players hair yeah and and understanding that we're all not we're all not going to be perfect in what we do but that's okay
2: totally also like touching on you know just their importance of relationships and how, you know, even through those mistakes, like you mentioned, like, you know, messing up an NBA players, haircut, he managed the relationship and still has that client today, which is a huge thing. You know, we all think that, you know, like you mentioned, we have to be perfect and we have to get certain things done in a certain way. And Dre, you know, kind of tore that argument apart. It's like, this is a process. Life is a process and being able to build upon your successes like The work hard mentality, but also like, you know, being relationship oriented, working smart and, you know, supporting those around you really elevates yourself as well.
1: Yeah. Um, Before we throw it to the episode, we do have to give a little bit of a a shout out to our sponsors Mm -hmm. for season four. Uh, We have Coconut Cleaning. The OG. The OG sponsor, Coconut Cleaning. If you need your tile, carpet, carpet. Couches, cars, cars, outdoor furniture, anything clean. Coconut cleaning is your go-to. Make sure to tell them FieldByY by Y sent you use code fieldbyy by Y fifty. Um, then we have Green Mango. Welcome back. Welcome back. Green Mango is is another OG. Took a little bit of a break, but. They couldn't stay away for long. <laughs> they know they know where to be. Um, We're happy no, to have them back. No, we love Green Mango. Coconut and Green Mango are, are uh, like a family company. Um, so Green Mango, pest control, termite, anything related to that. Scorpions. Scorpions, they are the scorpion pro. Like mm. if, if you have scorpions, they will get them away. So Green Mango, we have Boden, mm-hmm. another OG. Most of our companies are OG. And if you wanna sponsor Give us a call because we will show you love like no other. Abe Bodden, insurance um, agent, if you need any coverage on home, auto, business, boats. Boats, boats, boats. boats. Not <laughs> boats and hoes, <laughs> but I can't insure those. But uh, Abe is your man. And then... Uh, we have the, what's the Augustiniac lending team Lending team. At Neighborhood Loans. Yeah, that's our team. That's our mortgage team. You need a home loan, refi home equity line of credit we are your go-to for that um lister pro studios lister pro studios we have i can i've lost track but lister pros most of our sponsors are ogs and mm-hmm. lister pro studio uh producer for Rye, if you need videography photography reels reels if you are a real estate agent if you need media help they are your go-to for photography and media help, whether it's real estate or small business or medium business. I mean, they went to, they go to CPAC every year, mm-hmm. so it could be anything, to be honest. If you need media, there oh, weddings. go. weddings. Yeah, weddings. Producer for I.
2: Yeah, so, all of it. We're very blessed with our sponsors, and we couldn't do this without them.
1: Yeah, we love you guys. Uh, so we always have to make sure to start off the the show, but also this season with a special shout-out for our sponsors. So mm-hmm. with that being said, anything else to prepare? prep the uh listeners for the interview
2: i think you got to
1: prepare yourself to be
2: able to handle a lot of different scenarios that dre puts forward and a lot of different ways that he worked through the issues and what seemed to be the walls that were like prohibiting his success yeah um and how he worked through those i think everyone's going to learn something
1: all right i agree let's let's throw it to the interview dre brown of mug and maine
2: Are you looking for the perfect mortgage solution? Meet the Augustiniak Lending Team at Neighborhood Loans, led by Andrew Augustiniak.
1: Our dedicated team of mortgage professionals is committed to putting you first. We don't just provide loans. We work with you to find the best loan product that matches your unique financial needs and secures your future.
2: The Lending Team is all about educating, empowering, and building real connections with people in their community. They are eager to talk to you, answer your questions, and provide you with personalized support.
1: We're real humans who ultimately just want to help. Whether
2: you're starting a new venture or simply want to chat about real estate, the Lending Team at Neighborhood Loans is here to listen and lend a hand
1: call us at 480-735-4095 or visit Augustniakteam.com. and let's start a conversation about your future today neighborhood loans your mortgage powered by your neighbor today we are excited to be joined in studio by a nationally recognized success story dre brown dre thanks for being here
0: appreciate it man it's a, a pleasure
1: We've been talking about it for a while. A long
2: time, and so we're really happy to have you on. It's it's uh, a pleasure to finally have you sitting down with us. Uh, your story is nothing but incredible, and that's one of the reasons you're here. Um, Dre is the owner and head barber of the renowned Mug and Main Barbershop in Scottsdale. Uh, Dre's kind of taken the world by storm the last couple of years, um, becoming a little bit of a household name for, with an incredible client list, um, which reads more like a who's who in the world of sports these days. Um, He's not just a barber he's a father a trusted confidant and he you know caters to some of the most recognizable names in the sports world today so let's dive right in Dre. Um, What inspired you to become a barber and how did you begin your journey?
0: Man what inspired me to become a barber truly believe it was the the not being able to afford a haircut growing up you know you um, go to school, you you go out in the world and you see people with nice cuts and when you're young, kids make fun of other kids for not having a clean haircut, at least from my background, you know what I'm saying? Like your hair is messed up or it also shows like your family can't really afford that expense, you know? And back then I think a haircut might've been $10, $15 but um, back then $10, $15 went a lot further than it goes now. Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't see too many barbers coming up that were willing to take the initiative to just take care of younger kids and build their confidence and give them a free haircut you know because their families couldn't afford it so for me it was always like um if I could ever get in a position to give back for free when I felt like it or if I felt that energy or someone needed it I could be in a position to do it so it was like um I think once I really Decided, um, I was cutting my own hair. I had a job, and I was cutting my own hair. And everybody was like, "Man, who who's cutting your hair?" And I was like, "Me," you know. And um, how
1: wait, wait, wait. how do you, how do you cut your own hair? Like when it's <laughs> yeah. like, like describe this because I feel like the only way I could cut my hair is if I just take straight up like clippers and just buzz like a number yeah. one yeah like a number yeah. one I
3: mean, you're like know? one of those mirror things that have like all the so they do have
0: like a thing called self cut system where you can cut your hair now but you know I would just grab a mirror you know go in the bathroom and whatever type of cut I wanted okay. you know I would go in there and and do it yeah and it wasn't the best but before you become a pro um anything seems good or looks good you know what I'm saying to you because you don't have a trained eye yeah, yeah. you're more of a you know you're a rookie and anything looks good. It's like, oh, well, it looked better than it did. You know, you walk so, out with a Z. Yeah, you know, and I, I've <laughs> i tried to. I think the thing with cutting your own hair is um, you get it pretty much good, right? But you want it to be almost perfect. So now you're like, okay, if I could just touch it a little more here, it'll be perfect. And then you mess the whole thing up. Yeah. So now you. you That's know, like
1: biting your nails. Anybody else? There you go. Nails? There yeah. you go. You know,
0: <laughs> you might bite it too far and now it's hurting. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like. um. Just really getting into barbering just came from, I've always loved it. It changes someone's energy. It changes their confidence, their appearance, Um, and I always knew growing up, that's what made me feel the best. When I didn't have a haircut and coming from lower than ideal situation, you know, um, the haircut made you feel at least good. And if you have a quality haircut, you don't have to be dressed the best. Your haircut makes you feel good, right? If you yeah. got a fresh cut, you just walk, hop up, put some basketball shorts on and a white tee, and you're ready for the world. You know what I'm saying? But like, would you feel the same in a three-piece suit without a haircut?
1: No, not at all. Right? It you, would look, you'd feel it would just it wouldn't look you'd feel good.
0: Undone.
2: undone. There you yeah. go.
0: You know what I'm saying? So that cut just elevates everybody's confidence. So I love that, and then I love that I'm in the position that if I need to, I can give those cuts away for free. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it just more so was. It stemmed from me not being able to afford a cut to where I wanted to become a barber and somebody that can impact those lives of people who can't afford one. But also, I mean, the people that can afford it, they love coming due to the conversation that you have, you know, obviously the quality of service. But I mean, you're almost a therapist, too, when you're a barber. I just think it goes really a long way when you can service somebody and change their whole energy. You know, I think they remember you. They yeah. appreciate you. Well, it's
1: something so simple, like, yeah, like just the thought of you. And I'm, have you? I'm sure you've seen people. they're Like, hey, jump on the chair, like, like, yeah. And I'm sh- that little forty dollar cut, mm-hmm. like that. Even though it's not, I mean, a haircut that can change people's life. You can put them in the chair. They can tell you their life story. Yeah, like I'm sure you've heard
0: some stories. Oh, definitely.
1: Oh definitely. man, and like. I mean, you're right. It could it it's the little things in lives in life that change people's lives. There you go. And that's that's amazing. All right. So, wait. But before, okay. Mm-hmm. So, d- describe life in in Spokane, Washington, and how how did how does Dre get from there to Arizona? And so, like,
0: go ahead. You want to finish? And
1: like, what what was like what was your life up there? Like, how, did like did you know deep down that you were gonna move to AZ
0: or did you ha- like what were you trying to do before barbering? Well, I moved to Arizona when I was um, 17 with a family friend, which is nuts, you know. um, 17? Yeah, I was 17, and, uh, you know, I didn't have the best situation growing up, so I I was kind of staying with, um, like, my club basketball team, some of my teammates. I would kind of stay at their houses at that time during high school. Coming to Arizona from Washington was more so just, I think it was God, you know, being like, okay, I need to help you learn that there's more stuff out there and, I need to build you up because you have come from such a, you know, low vibrational environment that um, I need to I need to awaken your you know your your spirit mm-hmm. and you know show you that your calling is bigger than just being here you know and um, so I never thought about barbering or any of that actually that's a that's a lie I did because my uncles cut hair a couple okay. of them they're not licensed yeah yeah but they're really good yeah you know I'm like dude I could I could Sometimes definitely. Those are the best, yeah. You know, I'm like I could definitely. That's something I would want to do. You just see, like I, I said before, just the energy change on someone after a cut. So, it was always something I wanted to do. But in Washington, I was just more of a, a kid still, you know, playing sports, running around, enjoying the, the four seasons. You know what I'm okay. saying? But I never was. I never even thought mentally how I think now. You know, my my, my I'm not I'm not the same person. Nowhere near it, that I was in Washington. You know, I was just. In my infancy just starting off yeah. didn't think about the things i think about now you know yeah now i think about finances and things like that like dude if i don't have enough to not work for six months or a year i'm terrified yeah and that's pretty much every day i'm like oh my <laughs> gosh you know what i'm saying but before it was like um i know i can make enough money to pay the bills at the end of the month and yeah. that's all that mattered yeah you know what i'm saying and life was easier to me then when that's how i thought now it's It's hard because i'm thinking about the future so much and how can i you know create opportunities for my family and things like that and how can i do things that's going to set them up in the future you know so i'm a completely different person than i was when i lived in washington but washington is home you know so can never not appreciate you know that upbringing and where i come from but i just feel like arizona is just so much opportunity it's this big salad bowl yeah you know people love to use the word melting pot But nobody in Arizona acts the same. Everybody's different. They come from different locations. They they have different cultures and it all works here. It's like you you throw some cheese and some tomatoes, some croutons and all that in a salad bowl, you can taste all of it and it's great, right? Yeah. You got the to guacamole you know? too. There you, yeah, yeah, in Arizona, you know, right? yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you hook it up the way you like it, but Arizona's this big salad bowl of different personalities and cultures and it's so much room for growth here. So, you know, it's just a totally different life here compared to Spokane—that's just more um, small town, small city vibe. Like everybody knows everybody in their business, and it's fantastic. But the growth there and the opportunities. If I was a barber there, I'd be a local barber. There's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that, right? Because that's how I pay my bills—is the everyday client. Yeah, the celebrities—that's great. The the you know the blue check guy. Blue check don't mean what it used to mean, anyways. Mm -hmm. But you (laughs) You know, like like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um. The everyday person really is the one that matters, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, if I was still in Washington and wanted to cut, I just wouldn't be as successful, you know. So I love Washington and the, the foundation it gave me, but Arizona really opened that up, you know.
3: While you were here in Arizona, what was the catalyst of saying, you know, I think I could do a barbershop here?
0: Um. Well, to do a barbershop, jeez i think it was did you uh, work at another barbershop first i did okay i did i did i worked at a barbershop called 24k hair spa um hair it, was spa. A, it was a great entry That's for, a barber for barbering yeah the owner um his name is cartier great guy he was cutting all of the phoenix suns and all that at the time so for me to go to barber school and be able to connect with him it kind of just opened up everything but
3: When was this, if you don't mind me asking? That was in
0: twenty seventeen, I believe. Okay. When I got there and I worked there for about a year and a half. But to answer your question about, you know, what like gave me the confidence or whatever to open a shop, it was more so seeing how his shop operated. You know what I'm saying? And seeing the things that I loved about it, seeing the the pride that it gave me to work in his shop and be around him and then the um The way people gravitated towards me or what I like to say or, I don't know, like when I start speaking, it seems like people like to listen. So it was like um, I felt like I could be a leader in the same sense that he was, but I operate differently. I think I'm more structured and more, um, I just have a way of speaking about me that, you know, people can understand and uplifting. You know, I, I start talking to somebody in the barber chair and they're ready to quit their job all of a sudden. It's like, no, don't. Don't quit your job, like obviously, use your job as a stepping stone to get to where you're trying to go, but don't think you have to work for somebody your whole life, you know that type of thing. So for me, it was like I saw he could do it, so I'm like man i I know I can do it, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I know I have the same similar drive, you know, so, um, was I ready when I did it? No, I don't think anybody's ever ready to take any leap, but if if that's if you're gonna be ready. I think everybody would be successful in life. There was a time where you just know you're ready, yeah. right? You kind of just have to jump out there. So when I went into opening the shop, I didn't have any of the resources to open a barber shop. You know what I'm saying? But when you put yourself in the fire, I mean, you got to figure it out, right? So yeah. I think that was the thing, just kind of like I had the confidence. I had the, the – I was starting to find my way in the barbering industry. And um, also I had to separate myself because, you know, you – When you work for somebody and they um kind of help you build yourself up i think they kind of sometimes depending on who they are they expect you to
2: stay there with them there you go or
0: operate a certain way you know so like this shop was strictly a walk-in barbershop okay you know um which is um that's typical that's normal back in the day right you would walk in wait an hour however long you have to wait to get serviced now the appointments have come in you know to where I don't have to wait at the shop all day. I can wake up, look at my books. I have eight haircuts from nine to four and then I'm out of here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So when I started operating like that, that's where the the differences came in yeah. from the old shop I was at. And um, he didn't really like that because when you have 10 people waiting for a haircut and then I get done I'm like, oh, I got a guy walking in in 10 minutes, you know, for, a, for an appointment. Mm-hmm. Well, what about the guys that are sitting there waiting for a haircut? You know what I'm saying? So he didn't really like that. But I was thinking about building a career out of this. I don't efficiency. want to be sitting at the shop for 12 hours a day to make money. I'd rather know what I'm dealing with up front. I can take trips with my family and all those things and not feel like I'm missing out on income because I'm a walk-in barber. Yeah. But when I have a clientele base, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? What was
1: the hardest part when, okay, so you decide you're, you're going to... Open the barbershop. Mm-hmm. Like, what were the struggles? Because you're right. Like, most people won't won't take that leap. They may mm-hmm. have that ambition. Be like, oh, I could do this better. Mm-hmm. I could do this better. But like, I mean, we all have that in any businesses that were around. Be like, oh, mm-hmm. that could be better. But like, so you you decide to do it. You decide to do it, and then you start like actually like l- looking for spots.
0: Like, what struggles did you experience in that? Location, I think location was huge. Trying to find the right location, like the location in the Scottsdale Muggin, Maine, Scottsdale. At the time, I thought was horrible. You know, South Scottsdale, there was a lot of people sleeping in front of the doors of the 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 shopping center that I'm in. You know what I'm saying? A lot of free haircuts. Yeah, you know (laughs) what I'm saying. So it was like, Um, if I cut your hair, will you leave? Exactly. So there was a lot of. i think finding location was hard but then the 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 funding you know what i'm saying yeah i wasn't ahead like that you know so when you go and you're shopping for a commercial lease um you know they're gonna want first and last month's rent they're gonna want the deposit you know they're gonna want you to have a llc they're gonna want you to have insurance they all that stuff that you probably don't have already you know what i'm saying most i would say 90 percent of barbers probably don't have LLC or yeah, yeah. insurance for their services that they're providing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So what did you do? I had to, you know, obviously get all of those things, so go get the LLC, go get the, um, the insurance, and then it was building the shop. You say you go get a space, right? You got to fill it with chairs. You got to fill it with um, the yeah. mirrors, the yeah. stations, right? You got to fill it with barbers. Those chairs are expensive. Very. And, and you can buy the cheap ones, right? But if you buy them cheap, two years go down the road now you got to replace them so it's better like you said to come out the gate with an expensive one so um i think the hardest thing though was finding the barbers though you know because you could just hire anybody right or do you want to hire like-minded individuals who want to be self-efficient and you know get out of that quote-unquote rat race you know what i'm saying so everybody's not built like that so you got to it took me probably, I think, six months to find quality guys, one by one. So I never was in a rush to fill all eight chairs. It was like, it's not really about the money. Just take your time, find the right guys, and then you can grow. So I think finding guys was hard. Um, I had to sell all my jewelry to buy everything in the shop, to even put the deposit down. And I didn't have the best jewelry at the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I had like a couple of necklaces, and I took them to the pawn shop and sold them. I think was I that hard? Of, like, oh it was so hard I went back and forth forever because I thought that my family was going to give me the money mm-hmm. you know cause everybody's like oh man you're cutting all these athletes you're you're big time now we see what you're doing so I thought they were just gonna be like yeah here's 20k go open a shop get us back on the back end that wasn't the case you know um, for whatever reason and that, thank god though because I made it happen on my own 10 toes and there's a sense of pride about that you know um but that was hard too so you know talking to my wife and being like oh man i gotta um I have to sell this jewelry you know it's like nobody wants to sell their jewelry yeah. it's just like you know gold to me is an investment it's going to increase over time you know what i'm saying so that's why i have a lot of it but it was like um yeah i think i sold my three chains for like dude i don't even know it's so low because they're not going to give you the, the yeah. value no. Right, they're gonna give you a fraction of that, and you make it do. You know, so um, I think I sold for like twenty five hundred or three k for the jewelry, right? And then should have been like, (laughs) listen, in in six to seven years, this is gonna be worth like
3: ten times. (laughs) (laughs) I promise, it's gonna tank.
0: (laughs) You know what's funny though is like when I sold it, um, I just knew though why I pawned it because my intentions was to. Go back and get it? There you go. Oh, okay. So I did try to go back. And I was like a month too late. You know, so I had ended up losing that. But on top of the jewelry, I had to still, I still needed like another three grand. And I had been, you know, cutting every day and I had been using Square, the the the, yeah. the, yeah, the, app. the payment service. Yeah. And they had just approved giving out loans, mm. right? So this is like the, in the infancy. And they gave me, literally, they offered me we had no idea this was even coming, right? They offered me like, I think, 3K or something, like exactly what I needed to secure the location. You amazing, know what I'm saying, wow. right? right? Yeah. So um that's how I got it. But that was the most difficult thing was securing the funding to get the space. And then once I was in there, I negotiated three months, no rent, right? So now it's like, okay, you're here. I went and borrowed um Cindy's, mm. my wife's mom, went and borrowed her mirror and her chair she had like a salon chair and i cut in the shop for three months by myself and just saved money in order to build the shop out you wow. know so the whole process i mean while i'm in there i'm like oh my goodness this is not gonna work like this they didn't is offer this.
1: like a like a ti budget or anything like that like to build out or yeah, anything yeah. no
0: no no because really it was um they didn't even background check I me mean, usually they'll run your credit but the, these this location had been vacant so long. They, they were just, they just, dying they didn't to, give to get somebody, somebody in there. Yeah, so um, it worked out for them because I've been there five and just signed an additional five-year lease, right? So they're happy, you know? But um, that was the hardest part, I think, just go, being in your head and not thinking it was going to work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure you experienced wanting to give up sometimes. Oh, man. I mean, just starting off, cutting hair is so hard. It's easy now because I'm in the game, right? And yep. I've been in, but... It's hard and it's hard on your confidence. You know, you start off and um, like I told you, when you're starting off in the bathroom, you're cutting yourself. You think you're doing good. But once you decide to really lock in and really do this in barbering, the the more you cut, the better you get. Right. But that also means your eye gets better. So now you're seeing your mistakes. So now you're thinking you're going backwards because you're like, damn, that's a terrible cut. But your eye has gotten better, your barber eye. So now you're seeing your mistakes. That means you're getting way better. Before you wouldn't see those mistakes because you're not a barber. You're just a person cutting hair. So you'd be like, "Oh, that's a great fade. It's terrible." You know, but you haven't trained your eye good enough to see that. So yeah, during that period of time, I was like, I remember going home being like, "This is not working. I should probably get a job. Should probably go get a, you know, I should probably make some real money because this isn't working. I'm messing people up." I remember going over to this NFL guy's house and Mm -hmm. cutting his hair, and I thought I did such a bad job. I thought about it for about three weeks after, and I would talk to my lady every night about it. Dwelling. I just just ruined it. He's never gonna call me back. You know, I don't know if we should be doing this. You know, I think it's wasting our time. And, you know, he hits me up like three weeks later, and it was, that builds your confidence up. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But then I get called to cut some guys on the suns, and they're like, yeah, we got a game on TNT tonight. Or the next night, right? So I'm like, all right, I'll be over. Destroyed their hair. Like, did so bad. And uh, I get home, and the next morning, like, one of them texts me, like, hey. And they sent me a picture of the haircut, and it was like, hey, can you just come over and fix it a little bit? You know what I'm saying? So I was like, oh, this is embarrassing. But I go, I fix it. And it led to just that confidence and that um, connection between the person to where they allowed me to grow while I'm cutting them so I wasn't the best at the time but the relationship built over time and then they just allowed me to get better right because it's like when you're a pro you should seek out a pro to cut your hair right a professional you want the top service right and they were getting like a guy fresh out of barber school who wasn't the best but the connection was there you know like you say you sit in somebody's chair you kind of talk about life your life like I got I know people's stories or their secrets more than their wives. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like due to you're a man. Yeah, 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 you know, you yeah, got to yeah, come yeah. kind of relieve how you feel about whatever situation in the barber chair. That's the same with professional athletes. You know, so you really get their, their day-to-day lives and what they're thinking about and um that connection is what created I think where I'm at today is being able to connect and you know, kind of bounce things off of each other and And then keep it confidential and not tell people's business. You know what I'm saying? I think all of that kind of led up to um, where I'm at now. But just starting off, I think that was the most difficult thing was, you know, creating the shop and staying true to what I believed I was doing. Because along the way, you run into so many hurdles that could really turn you the other direction. You know what I'm saying? So I think just staying locked in and believing in what, the initial plan was which was was to create an environment for like-minded guys like myself who wanted to create a career out of this and not be a side hustle because most people Mm -hmm. think barbering is a side hustle until you meet a real barber and they're probably making double what the average income is you know the regular bar is probably making double the average income I don't even know what the average income is these days but depending on location it's you know if you're in central Phoenix it's probably 40k you know what I'm saying? Scottsdale, it might be 100 and some thousand, you know. But the average barber is right in the middle of that, mm. you know. So if you're top tier, you're probably in the two 300 range. Middle, you got to be, you know, I say 60 to like 150. And the lowest barber's got to be doing 40, 50K. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, um, yeah, just staying confident in self, I think, was the hardest thing. But once you I got always wondered that, why...
3: Chris Paul came back with like his hair completely off. It's <laughs> <laughs> good to know the is story. You know. <laughs> hey, when you say you
1: like jacked up that person's hair, like, yeah, you did you did you think it was it was bad or did he know it was bad it was when he ca- when you called the
0: next day? It was a combination of both. I knew it was bad from the like the moment I did it. Yeah, it just you know, everybody. I think their hair texture is different. Yeah, so. Um, you know, once you get there, you really don't know what you're dealing with until you get there. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say this. All professional athletes have terrible hair. They can't be blessed in everything, right? You can't, <laughs> it's just the God honest truth. Yeah. Like, they're tall. You know, most of them, uh, basketball, anyway, they're tall. Um, rich now. Yeah. Athletic. Just have everything going for them. So the hair is probably where they they lack. <laughs> you know, so you really... Which is a-
3: crazy, though, because usually in... in- my experience yeah. that culture is like at the beginning of the conversation, hair is, yeah, it, it is like a status. It is, it you is, know? it so is, it, it is crazy you say that because it it's is. like, man, growing up, everybody was very particular. Mm-hmm. Did LeBron
0: do hair plugs? Yes, he did. And I he was, had one of the first uh his was that was an amazing comeback. He had one of the first yeah. one of the first actual surgeries performed though in Cleveland. They did it on him. Seriously? Really? Yeah, yeah. I had his uh his best friend came and got cut from me a couple years ago and we were talking about it. And uh He should have just Dude, I'm telling you like that comeback
1: was amazing. Right? Like But you know, my like My you wife say. gives me crap about thinning out <laughs> And like if you look at like hair like like the hair programs for like it's a lot of work and then mm-hmm. you see the lebron's and you're like what did you do yeah so
0: like so his, he's got right. the money it, for it the looks right good things. there you go yeah. you <laughs> know 20 did it for free it's lebron exactly well, and some good advertising there you go there you go yeah 100 days. million people yeah. over the season i've always wondered mm-hmm. why life works like that like yeah. just because you have you know status or whatever you get things for free see I would have tattooed like my (laughs) brand just in case it fades again (laughs) well you know they do tattoos now they have a thing called S&P which is like a skin micro pigment thing where you like tat the the, it looks like really yeah, yeah so you know people that are bald pretty much have a a cut at all times you know so it is a thing my, now my and buddy it's expensive does it. really <laughs>
3: here, yeah right the east valley here. okay yeah okay he, he was telling me about it i think it was like two years ago yeah a like,
1: hey, real question real question so you and josh are cousins yeah okay mm-hmm. i can't imagine josh with hair
3: <laughs> well here's a funny yeah. thing dre's never known me with hair
0: yeah really you know yeah it's funny i had to see pictures to see him with hair
3: you've been bald since you were born basically since like 23 so Jeez.
0: yeah i think it's a good quality though to be able to rock a bald head
3: you got a perfect
2: head for a bald head you know? i was blessed genetically but
0: if you have a bald head you have to have a beard yes yeah, that, uh, isn't that an interesting a little concept. something to offset my yeah.
3: head's shaped kind of like sloth from the goonies so it's not like the best thing for me i would be scared for you if you had to have a bald head <laughs> but i was i the whole time you're like you know, i can look at a fade and i'm like oh man he probably is staring
0: right at me <laughs> you know it is hilarious though being a barber because you do look at everybody's haircut you know, just, yeah. even if we're just talking and we yeah. just meet, that's probably, I'm going to look at your eyes and I'm going to look at the cut. And I'm going, you know. I noticed. It's kind of stuff, <laughs> it's kind of a thing that you do yeah. go through. You know what I'm saying? She's but like, also. That's
3: a big
0: head <laughs> and a like, horrible face. looks like an easy <laughs> cut. But you know, I think being a barber, you, um, you learn that you understand the ups and downs of barbering. So you don't really talk crap about someone's haircut. mm because you understand whatever that barber is going through they're probably not where you're at yet or whatever it might be, but one thing you don't do as a barber is critique anybody's work mm-hmm. you know well I went to a a pretty good barber and I walked in and I was
3: like, look, I just need a, a proper like yeah cut yeah he's like, yeah we're gonna need it like two three times and I was like, oh made me feel real good (laughs) but then he's been booked up for like months at a time so Uh, I I have to go other places
0: that is a good uh, statement by him though like it does take a few times to perfect and honestly understand how your hair grows how you personally take care of your hair see people don't realize like I can do a great fade right let's just say on a black guy I can do a fantastic fade and he goes home and never brushes his hair never washes it never takes care of it so when you come back the growth pattern is all over the place because you haven't been training it you haven't taken care of it you know so it will take me three or four times to get to know you personally to be able to give you the best service now you know i love a new client i love slamming a new client's haircut and like doing a great job on it right but it's still going to take me a few times of seeing you to absolutely know your hair but when yeah. somebody does take
3: care of it mm-hmm. and they get a really good, like everyone you walk out, like mm-hmm. I saw this dude in the airport last week and I just walked by and almost went to him it was like, dude, where do you go? That's <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> so, yeah. so stupid. But I was yeah. like, dude, that's a smooth cut, man. Yeah. That looks good.
2: Has a mess landed your beloved dog in, well, the doghouse, from hardwood to tile, carpet to couch. Coconut Cleaning's state-of-the-art, natural, coconut-enhanced cleaning process is a revolutionary way to clean and sanitize your home, office, and vehicle. For superior solutions and a guaranteed clean, choose Coconut Cleaning. Visit coconutcleaningco.com or call 480-746-7796 for a quote today.
3: There's...
1: A story of the razor your late mother gave you, and it's an influence on your decision to attend barber school.
0: Yeah, so, um, it was actually a pair of clippers, and it was on Christmas. And what's funny is, this is funny, so, um...
1: And also, barbering, to clarify, because I don't know,
0: that does include face and hair, right? Yes. It's everything. Yes, it's everything. So, um, I actually had just moved to Arizona with that, with the family friends I was telling you guys about. And, um... It was like November, so December hits Christmas, and I was homesick. I'm ready to go back to Spokane, right? Mm -hmm. And so I go back, and um, I go over to her house for Christmas, and there's one present under the tree, right? And, you know, I'm excited. I'm 17, but I don't really expect gifts anymore because I hadn't really been getting them. But there was one gift under there, so I open it, and it's a pair of clippers. I'm like, what the heck is this? You know, I've I've never... (laughs) Like, I've never said I wanted to cut hair. You know, none of that, right? So I was ticked off. I wanted, like, why couldn't you just give me $10 or something Mm -hmm. that I can go buy, something that I liked? And um, so I was 17 at that time. My mom died at 19. So, you know, you fast forward to when I started cutting at 27. I hadn't even, I never even had thought about it. But it was like she had really saw it in me before. She
3: had the intuition, mother's intuition.
0: You know, it was just like I would have never thought I would be this successful off of cutting hair. You know what I'm saying? But then it all just stems back to what she saw early, and she was really into hair. She was into she was a cosmetologist, so she was into that space. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, I was to be so devastated at a gift, and then for that same gift. To be my gift from God. Now you know my hands. It's it's mind blowing, but also that's why I'm just so thankful that I stuck with it, and I can change so many lives from it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it was really the worst best gift I could have ever gotten. Yeah. You know because at the time I was, who doesn't want a real? I don't. I can't okay. say real gift, yeah. right? But I mean, I'm sure when you guys were 16, 17, you probably got something maybe a little better than that. But who knows when you really look at it now it's like that was the best thing i ever could have gotten do you still have the clippers no i actually don't um i don't i don't think i had them the the next day (laughs) i think i left them there or lost them but it was just for me it was like that was the last gift she ever gave me because you know actually i saw her on my graduation i graduated high school but it was like uh you know uh some money or something like that but the real last physical item she gave me was a pair of clippers so you know so for me that was like It was just you know full circle you know what i'm saying When i really got into the game and started creating opportunities not only for myself but for other men who feed their families i really started thinking about it well it's kind
1: of interesting like just from hearing the story so far and we're not even deep we're not even deep but it's like your uncles right yep and then your mom gives you that yep your mother-in-law does hair exactly And then like, it's like it's always been around you, but you never like you never,
0: yeah, and didn't click until to not being able to afford a cut too. You know, like I remember when I was at this last shop. This is kind of going back, but when I was at the first shop I ever cut at, there was this homeless guy that walked in, right? And I'm just sitting there, I'm waiting for anybody to come, but he's homeless. He just looks dirty, and uh, I don't want to cut him. You know what I'm saying? it was just one of those things. So he walks in, he's like, "Yeah, man, I need a haircut." And I'm thinking, I'm already, I already prejudged him when he walked in. And he's like, um, "I got 12 bucks, you know." And I think I was charging 17 at the time. I was like, "All right, whatever, come on, man." So I start cutting him. And um, he goes into his life, right? He starts telling me about how he usually wears a three-piece suit and he's all sharp and uh, he doesn't have a phone though. So he's like, "But you can pull up my Facebook." So I pull this Facebook up. Dude had huge house, wife and kids, everything. They died in a car accident. Mm. Oh. And he lost everything, right? So he's like, you know, explaining himself, but he's like, I just need this cut so I can go get, try to go get a job. I'm trying to get back on my feet, you know what I'm saying? And uh, long story short, though, I gave him the cut for free, obviously, you know what I'm saying? But he leaves, right? So we go, I'm telling the owner about this, right? So we go try to pull the camera, right? Like the guy never came. It was like the camera stopped working or whatever, but that period of the guy being there was not on the camera, right? So now it had me thinking like, man, was this like an angel? Like what was, what is this, right? And it sounds fake, but it was one of the craziest things like, that I've ever experienced, and it stopped me from judging anybody that comes into the shop. Mm-hmm. Stop me from judging bums on the street, or I don't even call them that bum. I call them like just people that have less than. Yeah. But I stopped judging those people because that blew my mind, and he wasn't lying, you know. Because then once he got up, he was like, "Man, I had a great conversation, and you gave me such a great cut. I actually have eighteen dollars, and I want to give it to you." So he was trying to save a couple bucks for himself mm-hmm. at first. But then after the conversation, he wanted to give me the whole thing. I was like, dude, I'm not even charging you. I can't charge you after you just, the conversation we had and you know, but it just goes to show you like, you just can't judge anyone that you see that you don't know. Cause everybody you have has a story. So. Yeah. Like everybody. And to see that and to see how clean he was six months ago to, and he was wearing a suit when he was dirty, but it was just the fact that, you know, you. When ju- you saw him six months ago no i was saying i was saying six months before he had came to get a haircut right he was living the life that we all live now so to speak you know just happy and then things went south that accident happened one of his daughters was hanging on in icu so he's literally shelling out money to try to you know and they ended up all passing away but he lost it after that So the. To, to give him I, w- I wish I could see him now to see if he yeah. got the job or whatever but also maybe one day you will I don't even know if he was real Yeah. just due to trying to you know yeah. pull it back on the footage and not be able to it was like man I don't know so but that changed my whole outlook on barbering really because I already knew I could impact lives but that just showed me that I was looking at people the wrong way yeah you know what I'm in saying in a world
1: of social media and and constant judgment and yeah. constant uh, perfection and i mean it's it's so hard it but it's so powerful when somebody finally like finally realizes like like i'm not going to judge anybody because like that's the whole purpose of our podcast is because yes. we want to hear the story of anybody mm-hmm. yeah exactly because everybody has an amazing story and we the cool part about your job is like we never get 999999 percent of people have a movie behind them Mm -hmm. and it's like like we get to interview you know 12 people in a season of the podcast but Mm -hmm. you get to interview you get to hear people's you get to see their movie every day every day Mm -hmm.
0: every day which is interesting because you feel like you're like in a um it's 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 nuts because when you're at the barbershop you're at work right but to the client it don't really seem like it's work to them because they just feel like you know they come in they express themselves to you and they leave so you're seeing all these people coming out from coming in from the real world right they're coming in they come to you they sit down they tell you what's going on out there and they leave the next person comes in same thing so you're hearing everything that's going on in the world from different people I mean from rich people to the low end you know what I'm saying so it keeps you really grounded you really understand you know um I think people a little more than the average person because you're dealing with so many different personalities you know like Most rich guys I cut, they don't watch TV. They're not even uh, in tune with what's going on at the bottom because they're thinking so much higher and they're on such a different wavelength. You know what I'm saying? Than a person that comes in and they're literally in the mud still. They're trying to make it out. They're working hard. They go to work every day. Their perspective of things is different. They probably watch TV. They probably believe the news. You know what I'm saying? So you have such a broad range of different people that come into you. you. I'm stuck in this one spot all day. But these people are all coming in from being out in the world and experiencing whatever they're experiencing, and they drop it on you when they come to the shop. So you just have so much perspective, you know what I'm saying, from so many different things that you're able to, I don't know, gather data and figure out, you know, whatever you think the truth might be or whatever it is, you know, like this whole war thing that's going on, right, with the um, Gaza and And Israel, Israel, right? you know how many different sides i hear yeah i don't even have to pick the news up and read it yeah. i just cut hair and everybody's going to talk about whatever's going on and you yeah. hear so many different perspectives right and i love that about cutting because i don't have to choose a side yeah i can kind of you know now i do have things i stand on and i'll voice that but it's a good thing to be able to understand why someone feels the way they feel and able to hold a conversation and not choose a side you know what i'm saying so i think it's like you hear so much you know um it's just an interesting position to be in cutting hair you do feel like a therapist you truly i mean
1: you truly are and you're a therapist but it's it's cool because it almost keeps like barbering and your personality it's like it hasn't changed in a hundred years yeah like it's still just an old school where no social media social media you pick sides mm-hmm. facebook so instagram you pick sides mm-hmm. like when you come there it's human beings having a conversation
0: there you go mm-hmm. great debates all of that but oh, yeah. one thing it has changed a lot over time due to the fact that um like barbers now are like you do have this celebrity Stenic. thing about it now yeah. you know it used to just be i don't it wasn't like that now it's like i get people that come to me just because i cut certain people and they want to say they go to this guy who cut certain people or people think that you're in a different realm because you deal with these certain type of people all the time you know what i'm saying so and then back in the day barbers used to not only be barbers but dentists and mm-hmm. it was a surgeon i mean mm-hmm. i use a razor i can literally you know there's things yeah. you can do um people have ingrown hairs or bad uh scalp conditions I I know about all of that so it's a lot deeper than just cutting hair you know what I'm saying like barbers are pretty intelligent and well versed and then you got to go to school for 1500 hours that's more than a police officer you know what I'm saying so you know it's just like there's things you have to overcome in order to become a really successful barber you know what I'm saying so um but also barbering is like driving a car You, you don't need a license to know how to drive a car you don't need a license in order to cut hair. Yeah. Now, obviously you need a license to be within the parameters of the law, yeah. right? Same thing with cutting hair, like you need a barber license for that. But realistically, I know people that can cut really good and don't have a license, you know, but it's all due to things cost money. Not everybody has the funding or the finances to get a barber license. You know what I I'm saying? I feel
3: like outside of a, just a good hair, and we can all kind of relate to this is when we walk out of a good haircut mm-hmm. where we had a good conversation, the haircut could be average, but we'll we'll feel like that was mm-hmm. a great cut versus like you go and you'll get a good cut or even a great cut. But if they don't know how to conversate or mm-hmm. like, you know, people love to hear about them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like barbers talk about you. They know how to like. Yeah just keep the focus on you the whole time yeah and so when you walk out you're like oh that was awesome and then you go somewhere else and it's not that you're like oh that was Mm -hmm. oh dude i don't like my cut like what happened here Mm -hmm. so it's like uh there is a for it seems like for a successful barber you have to play both lines you have to be good yep but you really need to know how to keep that conversation going and make it about them so that they, they keep coming back.
0: Absolutely. I think the haircut is probably like the the lowest important thing of cutting hair, right, as a barber. And when you're successful, I think for me it's always being on time, being having good customer service, like you were saying, being able to talk to you and make you feel good, and then the haircut. You know what I'm saying? I, I just told you, like the the, the NBA players, I like, messed up. It was the relate, it was the conversation that they were like, "Yeah, I'd rather just keep going to him. He's gonna get better."
3: You know? Do you find it really? And I know we'll switch here, but um, do you do you find it kind of odd that professional athletes are as normal as you know? A lot of times, like you start talking to them, you're like there's nothing really crazy outside
0: of you're on TV. Yeah, I think it was. The first time I went to a professional athlete's house, I thought I was going to see like a million dollars in cash sitting around. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So that was for me when I first got. You to, show up and they got like, you know <laughs> little bundles. <laughs> that's what that's what <laughs> I thought. Yeah, right. That and I think for me the the difference was they are human, but they'll be 25 with a mansion. Mm-hmm. Their parents don't live there, so that was what was mind blowing to me. It's like you're 26. You got a $6 million mansion, you have two Lamborghinis in the driveway, like, and you're a kid still. That was the most mind-blowing. Yeah, they're human, right? The conversation is normal, but the way they live is not, you know? So I would always try to reiterate to them, like, this isn't normal, dude. Like, really appreciate this and really understand, like, this is different. It's normal to you now because you've been living it for a few years, but... I'm around local people every day, and this is not normal, you know? And if someone does have a house of this stature, they're probably 45, 50 plus, mm. right? Cause it takes time to really accumulate wealth mm-hmm. if you go the right way and the hard way, right? So I think it was, it is cool to see they're normal, but they, I mean, that's it's not everybody though. Cause some people have been in their position for so long that they're not, they don't think normal. You know, some guys are prima donnas. They think they're really cool. You know, or they think their status is bigger than the world. You know what I'm saying? I have dealt with those kind of guys. You know, but for the most part, I think um, they all are normal, which is cool. But you know, when you first like get in that circle, you have this different perspective of all of them because you see them on TV. You see all the nice things they have. But once you get around them, it's like they're regular people. dude. they want to play video games? Mm-hmm. They want to hang out. You know. Now, once you go out and you like go into the world with them they're not the same because they have the the, the status style. and yeah. the money, right? So it's like, I mean, I've been to the club with these guys and they go in there with 50K in cash, it's like, how many guys you know? Again, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, we're like, not dude, I more. snuck all the alcohol. Just pay me, man. You know, so it's like, you know, you. It's definitely. A oh, we're not. This
1: it's not bring byob. Like, bring what am I bottle. doing all this?
0: You know, and and also when you are, um, when you're in that position, and when you're living it, you don't really. I don't know. Like for me, I think I'm normal. You know what I'm saying? But there's people around me who treat me like I'm not. You know, like the, even the guys that work with me, they look at me like I'm on a, another level yeah, due yeah. to the position, right? And I carry myself like we're all on the same level, yeah. right? So it's like um, some of the basketball players or whatnot, we'll be hanging out at their house or something, they'll be like, hey man, let's, let's go to the bar. I'm like, okay, well, do you wanna get a table? Like, no, I just wanna go to the bar. Like, let's go, st-. like Eric Bledsoe, right? He was like, uh, let's go, just go downtown and let's just go to the bar. Like, let's just walk into the club and go to the bar. I'm like, you do know who you are, right? Like, if we do that, everybody's going to come up and talk to you and yeah. want an autograph. And he's like, you think so? Yeah, because he's like, I'm... He's normal. Why? He's yeah. regular. You see what I'm saying? And they don't go out every day to be around people. They stay confined in their space. So they don't think like that, you know? So when he was like, you really think they're going to... I'm like, <laughs> yeah, dude. But he didn't listen. So we went. It- <laughs> so we go, right? We walk in we get it. So when we're in line, everybody's already noticing who yep. he is. Right. But once we get in, he doesn't want to buy a table. I think the ta- this is little bar yeah, so yeah. table was like 200 bucks or something. He's like, no, let's just go to the bar. So we get up there now, everybody notices. So now everybody's like, why'd you go to the bucks? Why don't you just stay in Phoenix? And now our night is no longer just <laughs> hanging out. Now everybody has realized it's you, you know what I'm saying? And now, so they don't, they are human to where they don't even think like that you know what i'm saying like well you're the person living it i don't think you have the same outlook on yourself as everybody in the world you know what i'm saying when you're in that light and people think you're cooler because of the money or you can put a ball in the hoop that's regular to them
1: well even the same thing so like i'm I'm sure there's a dynamic right so you start the business Mm -hmm. and now you have 11 chairs 10 10 yep you have 10 chairs that means you have 10 people that you technically manage in a way right Mm -hmm. and it's like i'm sure there's a dynamic shift there from just being your own barber Mm -hmm. to having people quote unquote under you right learning from you Mm -hmm. um or renting the their place from you but also like you have to them you are you are the goal Mm -hmm. right and like so how do you keep How do you you have the dynamic shift of of your clients, but also being a leader in a way? And how do you manage personalities? And like explain that whole thing, because to them, I'm sure they look at you like that. And you're like, I'm just here to help.
0: Yeah. Um, The managing the personalities, I think, is one of the hardest things. But also that goes into your hiring process. You're not just bringing on anybody. So as you go through your process of vetting people, you're hiring people who are have similar qualities to you. So I never have to really get out of character with anybody at the shop because they all have the basis of the ideals that I have, which is, you know, feed your family, come to work, work hard, you know, be respectful, be approachable, those type of things, right? So, um, but like you said, they're all humans. They all have their lives. They all deal with their own shortcomings of whatever it might be, right? but I keep that all under my hat. So it might be four guys that have something going on this week, I would never talk about their business to somebody else, you see what I'm saying? That's in the shop. So they all have that respect about me and then I don't act like I own the place. Sometimes I forget I own the place because I'm working just like you are, right? So, but the thing is everybody that comes in the shop wants to know the owner. I mean, if you go to a restaurant, wouldn't you like to meet the owner? Yep. If you go to any business establishment, you would love to meet the owner if you could. I mean, that's the ideal situation. I forget that, being the owner of the barbershop, because I'm human, I'm regular. I'm here every day, I'm accessible. It's not hard to find me, you know what I'm saying? But every time one of their clients come in, they want to talk to Dre. You know what I'm saying? So they, um, it's funny though, because if someone that's never been to the shop comes in, they're like, well, who's the owner? I've had like one of the guys up front be like, they are. You know, just because they can due to the fact that I feel like a real leader or a real boss carries himself and everybody around him to a certain, you know, a certain level that everybody feels like they're the boss. When someone walks in off the street, they don't know who the owner is because everybody is holding themselves to a certain standard. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that is what keeps them around. I never say they work for me. We work together and we do because... I might have eight cuts today, and this guy has 12 next to me. You know what I'm saying? And just because, I mean, there's barbers in my shop that I think cut better than me, right? You can't, you can't be the best. I, I, personally, to me, I know I'm not, right? I'm good, but I think there's guys around me that help me get better. That's why I brought him on. I saw the way this guy fades. He's really good. He's been cutting for 25 years or whatever it might be. So I want to get better at my fade, so I bring him on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like barbering is like the NBA, right? I got nine guys that work in the shop, right? You go ahead and be LeBron. You can be Steph. You can be Kevin Durant. You can be Giannis. We all are in the NBA, and we all are top tier. So there's no competition. Mm -hmm. You know, usually um, if someone's running around saying they're the best in the shop, it usually could— Cause friction, maybe, yeah. you know, due to people being competitive. But I always break it down like, great, man. You can be Michael Jordan. I'll be Kobe. Yeah. I don't care. Because we all are on the court. We all are playing. We all are dominant, you know what I'm saying, and doing our thing. So I think that energy about me is what keeps everybody locked in on the same page, right? And it's easy for me to balance what people are going through when they know I'm um, in it with you. I'm not just going to let you go through some stuff on your own. You know what I'm saying? I always, I think the hardest thing is always having to be the bigger person. You know what I'm saying? You always, if somebody's going through something, you always got to be understanding. You know what I'm saying? You always um, got to kind of accept what they're going through and try to help them get through it. And they always look at you like you don't have things of your own going on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's the what you gotta take on when you take the position as being a leader or a boss, right? You know, you want people to come to you and Mm -hmm. ask you for guidance and things like that. You know what I'm saying? But um, I think that's why I'm able to manage the different personalities is because of what I come from. You know, when you come from so much negativity, right, but then the positive light being love and things like that, but you see what negative looks like and you see what having no help looks like and wanting help, they don't even have to ask me, I can see it. Second day one guy walks in and he don't look right to me, Like I can feel it and I'm gonna say something to him. You need help, everything all right? You know what I'm saying? Like That is how I operate and I always wanted that when I was growing up. Like, you know, even if you don't know me and you see me and my mom struggling because it was just me and my mom, right? You would want somebody to, we'd be at the gas station and we're putting in 75 cents in the tank. Like, why can't someone just help us, yeah. give us a full tank? So I do that type of stuff. If, I, if I'm in line and I see somebody pay for a dollar in gas, as soon as they go outside, fill that tank up, please. Because I'm in a position to do it, and I would want somebody to do it for me. I take that same energy into the barbershop. Love that. Someone's struggling in the barbershop, that's nobody else's business but ours since you brought it to me. So however I can help you, I'm going to help you. You know what I'm saying? I've had guys get behind on rent. Forget about it, man. Just move on.
3: That's awesome. You know what I'm saying?
0: What, um, because you were featured in
3: ESPN, right? Yeah, we were. Uh, that was talked about. Yeah. What did that do? Touching on the leadership and and having all these people, how did that affect them? How did it affect your business? And uh, and to backtrack even further, yeah. how did that all happen? Like, did that? Shit like the one of the basketball players bringing it up to ESPN or how did that
0: Oh, no, you know what's funny. Um so to start off with how it happened It was Super Bowl. So we had so many festivities here I think the whole week leading up to Super Bowl, right? So um ESPN was just out looking for a black barbershop in Scottsdale. And this is people always tell me I'm the luckiest person they've ever met, you know what I'm saying? Cuz things just happen. You're like, right right but it's scottsdale yeah and so <laughs> there you go so boom they they were just i think they had someone that, i'm not sure but they said they had saw my article in the scottsdale the so scottsdale magazine oh, and okay. so and in that article it talks about um me cutting the the celebrities that come to town and all of that stuff right so an athlete so they saw that they walked in one day towards the end of the shop about to close and they had all their espn stuff on they're like hey man we would love to shoot a segment in your shop we love what you stand for what you do do you think you could you know like beef it up a little bit and get people to come and wear jerseys and i'm like of course you know what i'm saying but it was very last minute literally they were coming the next day mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so you know i just did like a couple little posts and put it out there but i think for the shop i remember afterwards two of the guys like literally crying I came back after I went home, I changed. I came back. Some guys are still hanging out at the shop. And they were crying just due to the, I think the exposure and the opportunity. And they've never been around that type of energy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like I go looking for this stuff. It kind of just comes. And they see how I lead by example. But I'm not really leading by example. I'm just walking in my truth, right? I'm just walking and sticking to what I know, right? And I think just like, um seeing the guys cry though the couple that did it wasn't like a couple of the barbers yeah wow. it wasn't it was mind-blowing to me right because i think they see you know flashes of what they want to do with themselves and also just being a part of something that's great and it's not just me like i want i wanted them to be just as involved in it. i want the camera to be on them you know what i'm saying we've had other Uh, media outlets come by and I've tried to push the camera onto other people I don't want to just be the sole focus you know what I'm saying but I think the ESPN ESPN um, thing was just more just some authentic you know just seeing what the shop looked like at it's capacity where we're all hanging out it's kind of like that anyways in the Mm -hmm. shop you know people hanging out shooting the, you know talking debating drinking beers laughing so it was kind of just natural for everybody but um the guys just, they loved it. But I think also it made them want to, like, uplift themselves and mm-hmm. create more opportunities for themselves because they see that happening for me, you know, which is what I want. I want them all to – I remember hiring everybody, and I told them all I think they all are going to have their own things eventually, their own shops. They're all going to spread their wings and fly. They're not going to need me. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, it takes people longer than others, but I've always had that mentality. So I think sh- them seeing that – um, I think it just uplifted them to want their own things, and that's what you want. You want them to, one door open for them and someone else to come in, mm-hmm. and, you know, you built another guy up, and, you know, you keep that process going. So I think, uh, man, I think I just was blessed and highly favored to get ESPN. You know, I'd never reached out or to try to get him or anything like that. I think it was just, you know, God working like he normally does, and it comes when you least expect it, you know. Every time I feel like I'm getting stagnant, something pops up
3: have you seen an increase after that the super bowl or
0: yeah but you know what's funny though yeah at the time but even right now it's just it's slow in the space you know i think if you have a good clientele base you can kind of stay busy but barbering is up and down you know what i'm saying you have those months where you're really busy you have months where people leave town yeah you know what i'm saying so it does get slow but the shop name, yeah, it's out there because of that. Like people, I hear people all the time. They come in from Chicago, Milwaukee. Man, we heard about you know Muggy Maine, Like people say it all the time. So um, I do think it's gotten us out there like that. But we're not a walk-in shop. We're an appointment-only based shop. So that kind of takes away from you know um, getting a lot of traffic because people don't people don't like to come in and wait yeah. anymore. You know what I'm saying? So instant gratification. There you go. So a lot has changed in that aspect, you know. And then, I don't know. I just I can't lie. I hate social media. I hate the. You don't. You're not living in reality. Yeah. I'm. I'm a prisoner of that. You're seeing everybody's best versus everybody's Mm realist. Yeah. You know. So I'm trying to scale back into just regular life, like being around your family, caring about what's in front of you, and not everything that's out there that's going on and being so in tune with this social media and having to post all the time like I'm really trying to you know get away from that and get more into just helping people in real life and not you know what I'm saying and I mean I do that every day but also I feel like I could do more you know which is why I love being behind the chair but I would love to get from behind the chair and start really impacting others you know what I'm saying with whatever it is, words of affirmation with guidance, whatever it might be, you know, I feel like the best information you get is from people who come from struggles. You know what I'm saying? If you've never had to deal with adversity and you make it to a high pinnacle and you've never had to deal with adversity, that first sign of adversity literally, like, kills people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I had a friend, uh, he committed suicide. He was a great football player, dual sport athlete at Stanford, right? And, uh, Gets drafted to the Diamondbacks, right? Plays for Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. Um, decides he doesn't want to play baseball anymore. He wants to go back to Stanford to go to the NFL, right? So goes back to Stanford, plays, I think, another year or whatever, and uh, gets ready to go to the NFL. His parents get divorced. Yeah. Kills himself. Yeah. But, you know, he had such a great upbringing, and everything was just peaches and cream, you know, and he was a white kid and just had everything going for him. But had never dealt with adversity and how to deal with those emotions you know what i'm saying and the second real adversity hit he didn't know how to deal with those emotions and i can only imagine what divorce does to anybody right but his way of dealing with that was taking himself away from everybody you know what i'm saying i always felt like had he had some struggle coming up he would have been able to navigate that piece of adversity you know what i'm saying and i feel like you have to go through something to be able to be a rock for others. Like, it's really hard to be a rock for other people if you haven't dealt with anything to make you find yourself. You know what I'm well, saying? It's hard, to, it's hard to relate.
3: And part of, uh, a, 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 in just an opinion, is part of a good mentor is somebody that can look at the situation say, so you don't totally understand that. Because they can pull or draw from their past experiences mm-hmm. to to help facilitate that person into the next heights.
0: Exactly, and just being, you know, being understanding, that's the one thing that's allowed me to be successful is understanding what others are going through and understanding that, you know, everything is not about money. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people's issues or especially, I think mine mentally come from thinking about money. You know what I'm saying? how can you continue to provide for your fam at a level that you're providing at? and you have you know other people who don't think about money the way you think about it you know they just think about it on the surface level of just getting it and not saving it and things like that you know or investing it Screw Mm. saving it you got to invest it saving it is like setting it on fire you know what i'm saying because it's not doing anything Mm. you know so um i don't know just living that you know living in your truth and being able to be understanding for people i think that's what i love the most is just being able to understand why people go through what they go through and not being judgmental you know what i'm saying i think that leadership quality is why i have the same barbers for the last five years i think that throughout your story you've touched on a
2: number of points that you know not only us in the studio but everyone listening can relate to um you know fear you know Mm -hmm. what drives you um, social media, we could talk about that for a lot of things. It's kind of the purpose of this show is like, we want to show the authentic side of people because yeah. like you mentioned, it is like the highlight reel. But one thing that we all go through, you know, no matter who you are, no matter what your day job is, or, you know, how your family is, is conflict and resolution and those hard times in life
3: mm-hmm.
2: for our listeners, you know, what's your best advice for them if they're up against what seems to be like a hard spot and how to move through, because throughout your story, that's what you've done. You've gone from Mm -hmm. hard space and gotten around it and found a way and then got to the next one.
0: Yeah. I think just staying, staying consistent and dedicated, you know, like I think when you're trying something, I tell one of my barbers all the time, this guy is brilliant. He can do everything. He can draw, he can make shoes, he can, The dude does everything. But the second he gets really good, that's when you hit resistance. Mm. Now it's like, do you really want it or do you just wanna be good at it, right? And he'll pivot to something else. Instead of blowing through that resistance and finding that greatness in yourself, which is what you have to do. You gotta be like water, you gotta flow. Okay, if you can't go through it, you gotta go around it. But you gotta keep going. You can't just stop and give up, right? Because you lose all the progress you created like you know i've had guys you know be like man i just don't know if barbering's for me you know it's like slow i need to Mm. go get a job and it's like well if you do that that's really not gonna be for you there you go you're gonna lose all this momentum though and all the clientele you created and everything you have going they're gonna go to somebody else you know what i'm saying then you're gonna lose all the momentum you got to do what go back to square one you know what i'm saying so i just feel like in anything you do you have to stay Focused. You have to really create habits, right? Habits are hard to break, whether they're good or bad. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for me, the habit I created when I got into barbering and I got the shop was being there. No matter if I went out and had a drink with some people at night, I was going to be at the shop the next day in the morning. And once you create that habit, if you wake up and don't go to the shop, you're mad at yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it was like you got to create Those good habits, because they're hard to break no matter what. Just like a bad habit is hard to break, a good habit is hard to break. You know what I'm saying? So just staying locked in and staying focused, I think, um, and believing in the reason you started in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a reason we all start whatever we do, right? So it's like whatever gave you that initial push to really dive into what you're doing, you got to remember that. You know, you say your why, right? Mm -hmm. You got to remember that. And stay true to that, and I think eventually you come out on the other side of that. You know what I'm saying? And now you, you're able to. um, What do they say? Never become a jack of all trades and a master of none. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, I feel like I'm mastering this barbering. Now, I'm still doing it every day, but I'm funneling into other things. You know what I'm saying? I'm really big into crypto. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. really trying that. I'm. I want to get into real estate. You know what I'm saying? just to park my money i don't want to get into it to slang houses or nothing yeah, like yeah. that you know but it's like it's an investment yeah it's your, yeah, it's,
1: your ne- it's the next level there it's you go the but it's level. just
0: thinking that way for one to start but um it's
1: cool because you can be a leader to everybody you're around because i mean i see it every day in real estate and
0: mortgage and people don't teach you it people yeah. it
1: takes one person to learn it mm-hmm. and then oh, it's like my father learned it taught mm-hmm. me it's like and then I try to teach a lot of clients. It's like, same thing for you. It's like, you have your people and you're the leader. You're the yeah. one doing it. Yep. And then hopefully you get to teach that to everybody around.
0: You know, I tell people all the time because people are like, man, you're so good with crypto, man. You make so much money with crypto. You've made so many people so much money with crypto. Why don't you charge? And I've never believed in, what do they say? The game is to be sold, not told. I don't believe in that. Like, I'm going to give whatever knowledge I got away for free. It's going to benefit me in the long run way better than if I charged you for the service and the knowledge, right? Like if I give you information for free and you use that to your advantage, you're always going to remember where you got that information from. You're never going to be afraid to say you got it from me. You know what I'm saying? It always starts here. So I love that anything I know, I, I'm going to give it away. I'm going to tell it till I can't tell it no more. People want to buy classes from me. I don't, I'm not into that. You know what I'm saying? I'd much rather literally just give away any info I have and the relationships it creates and what comes back from that is what I love about it. You know what I'm saying? So barbering, same thing. People ask me all the time, man, how do you get all of these athletes and celebrities? I message them. As soon as someone gets traded to Phoenix, I DM them. Welcome to Phoenix. You ever need a cut? Reach out to me. Right? I mean, if you don't put yourself out there to create the opportunity, the chances of it really coming is slim. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I've always just like, you know, p- put yourself out there and don't be afraid of rejection. You know, I think that's one of the biggest I lost so many NBA guys mm. starting off by being bad at cutting hair. So, like I told you, I, I gained a grip, a yeah. lot of them, but I lost more than I gained. You know, and that's the part of the thing. And you got to, you can't let it stop you and slow you down. You know what I'm saying? It did discourage me though. Mm. You know, like it it was hard
1: that's where most people would give up too there you go do you have any regrets
0: in barbering in
1: life Uh, barbering
0: or life no I think uh, that's what brings you to where you're at today all the decisions you make right you know what I'm saying Uh, I was telling I was telling my wife this the other day though that uh, if I would have known my mom was gonna die at 19 I would have never came to Arizona
3: Mm.
0: just because the time so many many things that I know now that I wish I would have been able to ask, you know what I'm saying? But me coming here allowed me to really spread my wings and and, uh, detach from that, you know, from my mom, right? Because it was just me and her for so long. So it was like for me to learn to be away and be on my own, I think that created this, the person I am today, right? Where so many people can lean on me and, you know, that strength that I have. But no, I don't think I have any you know, I think I'm really just getting started, you know what I'm saying, on what I can do to really impact others in the world. But that is really what the drive is for me, is helping people. You know what I'm saying? It's like I would love to, you know, be well off and chill on a beach all the time mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? But I think my real calling to is just helping people however I can. So know? would you say that's your why? That is definitely... You know obviously people are going to say you know their family and their kids but for me my why is the idea of helping others to be able to be able to help others like okay if you position yourself you know how many people you can help you know you can't help anybody if you're not right within mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying you can't help anybody if you're not in position to help anybody so you got to take care of self first i always tell people like you got to take care of self you take care of self everything else will take care of itself Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like that's where Dre first came from. It wasn't. That literally was put yourself first. No one else has done it for you growing up. You know what I'm saying? Like I played sports. My parents were never at any of my games. I'm at all of my kids games. I don't miss one. I don't miss practice. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. that is due to not having that coming up, you know. So like that confidence that put yourself first, you will always be able to help others if you do that. You can't you give know, what you don't have There you go So you know you, you don't want to be selfish But a little part of you Has to be In order for you to be selfless And help others Right So it's like Yeah that's where I'm at With that It's just I'd rather Be able to be in position To help others Opposed to being able To just look out for me Yeah You know like If I was just looking out for me I think I would be a. Potentially I think I would be A bigger barber I see a lot of barbers Right now Who I'm cool with They don't own shops they have a studio mm. so they've gotten like the the call to go on LeBron's show and do the the shop and those type of things because they're they are solo barbers they're only worried about them I got, I'm worried about nine other people you know what I'm saying and all of those guys have gotten opportunities to cut celebrities from being at the shop you see what I'm saying yeah. so it's like you're creating opportunities for other people you know like if I was just selfish I think I definitely could be further but it wouldn't feel as good yeah you know it's awesome well this is deep well it's curious a great start yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I mean I think that's the thing you should you know I think you guys all do that you, you pull people along you try to uplift people you know what I'm saying I I don't know if there's anything that I'd, that I'd want to do other than you know yeah. I just love helping people and looking out for people and just the feeling it gives you but also the respect that comes from it you know what i'm saying like people love people that help people you know what i'm saying so respect people
2: that do a good job and keep their word and like you said be on time remember the points that you hold yourself to that's what people respect you Mm -hmm. know especially people who do this. Hey.
0: yeah i think you know just it what do they say choose your heart -hmm. Like you can do so many things in the world, Mm -hmm. and I think everything is hard. Everything is going to be hard, but like you got to choose which one you want to be a part of. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's it's not easy always being the understanding boss. You know what I'm saying? I don't even call my hate that word. I don't call myself that, right? But it's it's hard always being the understanding one or always being the 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 bigger person. You know what I'm saying? But I'd rather choose that hard than having to not be right you know what I'm saying so it's like I think that's why I have such a respect from all the guys that work around me is because they see I'd rather I'd rather talk it out Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying it could be a heated conversation I'm pretty good at talking so I'm probably going to be able to navigate this you know what I'm saying instead of having to get out of character or get physical or whatever it might be you know I just think um, having that quality Is what allows me to be who i am you know just always willing to be that person for everybody else you know and then it does get hard though you kind of be like who's gonna be that person for me yeah what i'm saying but um it's always the case you know i think uh and i think the strongest people are those type of people they take on everybody else's you know issues or whatever and uh they have their own yeah you know i remember i was cutting this pastor during COVID. i didn't cut all COVID, and then a pastor reached out to me to cut him uh you heard, heard of impact church mm-hmm. yes <laughs> pastor travis he had reached out to get a haircut and it just blew my mind because it was like you know i'm not trying to cut right now it's COVID, you know and i was kind of scared at first like everybody else i didn't know what was going on and uh you know to get around him and see like even he's human you know like obviously you're a pastor but like um everybody calls you with the, with their problems yeah mm-hmm. right and you being a pastor, you have to be available to talk about their problems. And I was like, do people ever think about you having your own problems? Mm. Of course not. You're a pastor. Yeah. Like, What problems do you have? Yeah, you're great. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, it was just really eye-opening to see, like, because I had asked him, does he have any problem of his own? Of course, I'm human. You know what I'm saying? so it was like, you do have people who live life strictly to, or solely to, you know, help others, even though they have their own issues going on you know just some people aren't wired to even think about your issues they're so concerned with their own issues that they don't think you have anything going on so you know i deal with that a lot but like you said choose your heart who cares you know what i'm saying
2: yeah that's a
0: guys this is a great start. <laughs> great start to this, for season four of the podcast um
1: we gotta start wrapping it up that was amazing that felt like it was 10 minutes long um definitely did dude definitely it was was quick but um any closing thoughts like josh you lead
2: i i just really feel that throughout your story like i mentioned earlier there's so many things that everyone can take a little piece of and use you know because not everyone has similar stories or either similar outcomes but you know we all face certain things whether it be hardships or troubles or losing someone, Mm -hmm. you know, and finding a way to move, as you said, like water, you know, move around it Mm -hmm. is really helpful for everyone because we're all going to face that. It may be today. It may be tomorrow, maybe 10 years from now, Mm -hmm. but just like focusing on, you know, as you said, like your direction where you want to go and keeping
0: that first things first, Mm -hmm. you're going to find your way. Creating good habits, you know, habits in general, but, it's really misunderstood because people don't realize there's nothing harder to break than a habit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And habits don't have to be bad, you know? That's how people really gain traction and really explode through whatever resistance they're dealing with is by creating that habit. You know, like I've gotten, I can't lie, I've gotten lazier. You know, like I I knew I had to grind hard to get to where I'm at, but then once you get there, it's like, do I need to be at the shop at eight o'clock? When I create my own schedule, I can go in at nine or at twelve. Now, mm-hmm. well, guess what? That starts to set a bad example to the guys that work with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's been one of the things I'm navigating now is seeing that I've created like some monsters. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because it's like, you know, like you create this, and now guys that started, they were probably let's say charging twenty dollars. So you had to do fifteen cuts to make three hundred. But once they get around you and you start pouring into them and uplifting them and building them. Mm-hmm on top of them building their self, so that's what it requires mm-hmm. you're no longer charging 20 year cut now you're at 50 right so now you don't need to do the same amount of cuts so now you're like well I don't need to be at the- Dre's not here at 12 so I don't need to be or Dre's not here at 9 so I don't need to be here at 9 but then if it trickles down to everybody yeah. you yeah. see should- it's just like leading by that you know
2: it's an example you said yeah
0: so um, I've been working on that so I've been trying to get back in earlier just to lead by example you know what I'm saying but um just really man those those creating those positive habits I think changes changes everything for you know for you as a person mm-hmm. the the just the staying focused, dedicated consistency, being consistent, just showing up that's half the battle is showing up yeah some people hate getting out of bed early in the morning, yeah, you know what I'm saying, but they do it going to the gym I'm terrible right now I haven't mm-hmm. been to the gym in forever but I want to get back into that habit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My habit now is not going. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather wake up and, I don't know. Hang out with your kids. Yeah, and watch ESPN or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, that's, and that's a bad habit to me. So it's like just getting out of that and creating a more positive energy, a more positive habit, I think. But anybody that's going through any adversity, I think, in their field of work or their career, I think it's just remembering why you started and staying the course. You know there's there's light at the end of the tunnel you just got to get there yeah. you know and if you give up you lose all the progress you made so yeah yeah i really think just staying locked in we all have um life that sets us back you all have things that take your focus and you know and you got to balance i tell people all the time balance is not 50 50 mm-hmm. it's not some weeks i'm 30 percent family 70 percent work some weeks i'm 70 percent family 30 percent work it, it evens out eventually but if you're 50 50 that's that's almost impossible. Yeah, it's hard to yeah. keep that. You know what I'm saying? So I just think you know, um, finding what works for you and your fam, and and you know what really like what you want as a person. I think um, I think is most important. Anyways, what you want than just staying locked in, staying dedicated and consistent. You know.
1: This was the best. I'm sure I keep saying it. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is this is this is deep. This is oh, man. Thank you for sharing your of story. Course, man. This yeah. is from personal life to business i think i think all the listeners will truly take something away whether you have a business whether you have a family whether Mm -hmm. you have whether you're a leader whether you're a follower whether you're a follower who wants to be the leader like i truly think anybody can take something away from today's episode so thank you again this has been amazing absolutely absolutely
0: where can people find you so uh um I'm really on Instagram, at Dre First, or um, Main on Instagram. Um, Or you can come by 2515 North Scottsdale Road and see me. People always be like, Dre, you never answer your phone. (laughs) Of course I don't answer my phone. Just find me. I'm at one place every day. I'm not hard to find. You know what I'm saying? So it's like... um, Hey, if you want to get a haircut or you just want to go to a therapy session. There you go. Dre's your man. Guys,
1: thank you again for always being listener, uh, listeners of the Fueled by Why podcast. This is the first episode of season four. Dre? Season four, baby. Season four. Bring uh, it home. Thank you again. We can't thank you enough. This was powerful. Um, we appreciate your insight into, again, all aspects of life. Yeah. This was amazing. We'll catch you on the next episode. Do you need better service from your insurance people? Are you tired of seeing your premiums go up month after month? For car, home, life insurance, and more, Abe Bodden with Insurance Professionals of Arizona is here to help. Call or text Abe today at 480-254-1749. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on your social media or leave us a rating and review. As always, you can contact the Fueled by Y team at fieldbyypodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fueled by Y. Thank you again to our guest, our sponsors, our production team, and to you, our loyal listeners. I'm Andrew Augustiniak, and you've been listening to Field by Y. See you next time.